my going. Juan Damathino spoke nothing more than that, but among the priests and guards and other officials there ensued a great deal of discourse and conferring and gesticulation, before finally a stern command was uttered and one of the soldiers set a torch to the pile of wood at the prisoner's feet. As is well known, the gods and goddesses take mischievous delight in perplexing us mortals, and if I did not know better, I would have said that it was mere coincidence that brought us three, my uncle, Mischin, his sister, Quikani, and her son, myself, Tenemashtli, to the city of Mexico on that particular day. Fully twelve years previous, in our own city of Asland, the place of snowy egrets far to the northwest on the coast of the Western Sea, we had heard the first startling news that the one world had been invaded by pale-skinned and heavily bearded strangers. It was said that they had come from across the eastern sea, and huge houses that floated on the water were propelled by immense bird-like wings. I was only six years old at that time, with a whole seven years to wait before I could don beneath my mantle the mashtlatl loincloth that signifies the attainment of manhood. Hence I was an insignificant person, of no consequence at all. Nevertheless, I was precociously inquisitive and very sharp of ear. Also, my mother, Quikani, and I did reside in the Aslan Palace with my uncle, Miss Jean, and his son, Yayak, and daughter, Amayatl. So I was always able to hear whatever news arrived and whatever comment it provoked among my uncle's speaking council. As is indicated by the scene suffixion to my uncle's name, he was a noble, the highest noble among us Azteca, being the way to Kutli, the reverend governor of Aslan. Some while earlier, when I was just a toddling babe, the way Tlatoani, Moitikazoma, reverend speaker of the Mexica, the most powerful nation in all the one world, had accorded our then small village the status of autonomous colony of the Mexica. He ennobled my uncle Mishtli as the Lord Mishtin, and set him to govern Aslan, and bade him build the place into a prosperous and populous and civilized colony of which the Mashika could be proud. So, although we were exceedingly far distant from the capital city of Tenochtitlan, the heart of the One World, Moitikazoma's swift messengers routinely brought to our Aslan palace, as to other colonies, any news deemed of interest to his under-governors. Of course, the news of those intruders from beyond the sea was anything but routine. It caused no small consternation and speculation among Aslan's speaking council. In the ancient archives of various nations of our one world, said Kanautli, our rememberer of history, who also happened to be the grandfather of my uncle and my mother, it is recorded that the feathered serpent, the once greatest of all monarchs, Quetzalcoatl of the Tolteca, he who eventually was worshipped as the greatest of gods, was described as having a very white skin and a bearded face. Are you suggesting, began another member of the council, a priest of our war god, Wischilopochli, but Kanautli overrode him, as I could have told the priest he would, because I well knew how my great-grandfather loved to talk. It is also recorded that Quetzalcoatl abdicated his rule of the Tolteca as a consequence of his having done something shameful. 
His people might never have known of it, but he confessed to it. In a fit of intoxication, after overindulgence in the drunk-making Ockley beverage, he committed the act of Ahwilnema with his own sister, or, some say, with his own daughter. The Tolteca so much adored the feathered serpent that they doubtless would have forgiven him that misconduct, but he could not forgive himself. Several of the counselors nodded solemnly. Kanautle went on. That is why he built a raft on the seashore, and he floated off across the eastern sea, and Quetzalcoatl has never been seen again. Until now, growled Uncle Misjean. Is that what you mean, Kanautle? The old man shrugged and said, Akin is Who knows? Kanautle said,